Jesus. I just want to piggyback up on what he said. You know, when you talk about this as a vision of this house, at ACF, it's to reach the lost, to reach the hurting, to connect them to the Father, to connect them to the family. And I'll about you, but if I connect with the Father, so much happens inside of me. And only that, but then you would train them up to do what? To send them out. And we believe that God is raising us up to be a sending house. So, amen. I wanted to just piggyback up on what he said about the, um, about the words of being still. And you guys know we're in our 21 days. Just keep playing for a little bit longer. Um, we have one more week of our 21-day fast. And I don't know, how's it been going for you guys? Okay, I want you to be bold, to be honest, and raise your hand if it's been hard. Come on, come on, transparency, guys. It's been hard. And before we started the fast, and it was, you know, there's going to be prayer one Saturday morning, and I knew I wasn't going to go because my girls were still here for Christmas, and and I was brushing my teeth and getting ready for bed. And I heard this. I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, he said, 2019 is going to be a year of miracles. And I thought, okay, I like that. That's a good word. I don't know about you, but I like miracles. You know, when I think of miracles, I think of things that happen that I can't explain and I sure couldn't do myself. So I thought, I like that. That's a good word. Go to bed. Get up the next morning as I'm waking up, I hear this again. I hear this in my spirit. And he said, 2019 is a year of miracles. And I said, okay, I know I didn't make it up. I know I didn't just come up with it myself. It was so important, Lord, that you spoke it to me twice. And so from then on, and I don't know about you, but if I can hear God speak, and you might say, you know, you may be a new Christian, you may be, and you're thinking, okay, how does God speak to you? How does God speak? How do you, you know, I hear people say, I hear God's voice, or the Holy Spirit speaks to me. What are you talking about? These kids go, what are you talking about? He never speaks to me. It's that still, small voice. When I was growing up, my mom use the word conscious, but it's really the spirit of the Lord telling you don't do that, telling you do that. Call somebody up. And I know it's the Holy Spirit when it's always saying something that's edifying, something that's encouraging, because even when God brings a word of correction, it's still encouraging, because it gives me hope. So that was the first thing that I heard. Then we started the fast. And we were meeting at prayer from 6 to 7 every day. And these are the only two things I've heard in these two weeks. And I heard this. We begin to pray. And I heard this. He said, set your face like a flint toward me. Set your face like a flint. Just look straight toward me. And I just begin to, every time I, I told Dick, I said, you know, I just feel like this first week of prayer, God just says, make it about me. Make it about me. Seek me. You know that scripture says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. He said, just seek me. Just seek me. So I spent the first week 
and I heard that word. And then after I heard that word, I saw this picture. Now, I'm a farm girl, so I know what God was, I understood this. I saw a picture of a horse, and he had blinders on. And I grew up on a farm, and we had a pony that we rode, as kids rode. And that pony was so skittish. If they would see anything on the side of the road, I mean, you held on because you're going to be knocked off. Because anything distracted him. And I knew when I saw those blinders, what the Holy Spirit was saying was to me, don't let, don't be distracted. Don't let distractions come. Don't let the cares of the world, don't let things come. Well, I thought, okay, Lord, that's a word that, you know, you want me to pray over the body. And, and every time I'd come to prayer and I'd just pray it, Lord, I just see this. Set your, set, set your eyes upon me. You know, don't get distracted. But little did I know, I was going to need that word. And I believe this word is for us. I believe the Lord wants to say to us on this 21 days fast, because see, we're not fasting because we're trying to make God do something. I'm not trying to make God do something. I'm trying to get myself out of the way so God can do something. Because lots of times, you and I, were in the way. And God just says, I just want to get your attention. And I knew what God was saying to me was when things happen. I woke up one morning. I know I was going to speak this morning. And I woke up, and this week, and my throat was sore. And Catherine says, okay, Mom, I heard you coughing in the night. That's a distraction. My first thought was, well, maybe I should, maybe I should quit my fast. And I'm only fasting until 4 o'clock every day, you know, so it's not like I'm starving. And, and maybe I need to quit. And I thought, no, I'm not backing down. The enemy is trying to put distractions in my life. He's trying to get me off course. He's trying to get my eyes off of him. Because if my eyes are on, off of him, I'm not listening and I believe that there's some things that he wants to say to me and he wants to say to you. Because see, one thing about distractions, we'll always have them. I mean, is that not true? We'll always have things, we'll always have opportunities to take us off course. But I believe that God has a plan and a purpose for each one of us. He has a course that's laid out for each one of us that only we can do. And I don't know about you, but I can't run the race. Like Paul says, we're running a race if I don't keep my eyes upon him. And I believe what God was saying was he wants to put blinders on us. That we have eyes only for him. Because, you know, when I fell in love with my husband, it caused me to have eyes only for him. And that's where the Father does. So I want to encourage us. We have one more week of this 21-day fast. And like I said, we're not doing this because I think I'm going, to, I'm going to persuade God to do something. Our purpose to do this is to get our eyes off of us. I know what I can do. But I want to get out of the way so God can do what he wants to do. 
Because I believe that there's things that God wants to do in this year. But man, the word says, eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard the things that God has in store for us. But he wants us to hook up with him. Not say, God, you hook up with me. Hook up with him. So we have one more week. And then at the end of the week, on Friday, so we still have prayer at 6 to 7 every evening. And, and it's been encouraging. There's been such a variety of people come, and it's been awesome. But we're not going to meet over there in the children's building or the Life Center. We're going to meet in the, in the auditorium. So Friday night, we're going to end. We're going to have a night of praise and worship. And guys, it's going to be powerful. I mean, you get a little taste of it on Sunday mornings. We're going to do this for an hour to an hour and a half of just worshiping, just worshiping, just pressing in and seeing what the Father's got to say. Because I'm telling you, when we get in God's presence, things happen. God speaks to me things that I have needed to hear. God takes away the spirit of heaviness, discouragement, hope where there's been no hope. So Friday night, we're going to meet together. I just believe we're going to have an encounter with God. Saturday morning, I'll be back prayer in the sanctuary from um, 8 to 9. And then Sunday morning, we start with Cheryl Ballard. And it's going to be powerful. If you've never sat under her teaching and under her ministry, it's at 10 o'clock, Saturday mo Sunday morning, and then Monday and Tuesday at 7. And, you know, God is so good, we shouldn't just keep him to ourselves. We should share him. And we share our Father God by inviting people. And say, let me tell you, come with me Friday night. God's going to show up. We're going to hear his voice. Needs are going to be met. So anyway, just want to encourage you. And then also something else exciting has happened is our connect groups are starting back again. So there's going to be a sign up back there. And listen, we're going to do this three months a little bit different. Because the next series after this one on the word, we're going to start on faith. What is faith? What does faith do? How do we get faith? What's faith in action? And then after that, we're going to do evangelism. Four weeks of evangelism. So we're going to do our connect groups a little bit different because we're going to take these topics and we're going to be talking about them, fleshing them out in small groups. Hey, how does this apply to my life? How can I use this? How can I take this practical? Anyway, so with that, I just wanted to just encourage you. You can quit in a little bit. Um, take the time and be quiet, guys. It's in the stillness. God speaks to us. So take the time. The hardest thing we do is to quiet our souls down and to hear from the Father. So, amen. So this morning, we've been doing a series on more than the word, and, and uh, I'm representing the family today, Pastor Dix in Oklahoma City with a young pastor, a friend of his, that he just felt like he wanted to take the opportunity to go to spend the morning with him and sit in his church service. So um, this is our last teaching on the Word. And I forgot my Bible. Could you have me my Bible, please, bring it up here? And the reason that this series is so important, because in the last days, it's, it's right there in my, my blue bag. Um,
this is going to be the hottest topic right here that's debated. Is this truth? And we've got so much mixture of doctrine of the world, of the culture of the world and the church mixed together that we have got to know what the word says. And the thing is about the word is the first talk we talked about is the purpose of the word. The word is a book of truth. One thing about truth is truth you can't ever change. And the word is not a book of facts because facts change with information. But truth never changes. If you ask your kid, did you go clean your room? And they did. How can that ever change? It's the truth. What's going to change that? There's not going to be any facts that you can add to that. Any more information that's going to change the truth. And so the purpose of the word is to bring truth to our lives. And then the second thing we talked about is that it sets a standard for us. And we live in a, we live in a, a culture that anything goes. We don't have absolutes. And this is what the Word does. The Word brings us absolutes. It gives us a standard. It tells us how to have a marriage, how to be a wife, how to be a husband, how to, have, um, um, how to be parents, how to raise your kids. It even talks about discipline. Can you believe that? It talks about discipline. It talks about how to be honest how to not stray away, how to not be pulled by the world. This is our standard. This is our guidelines. This is our book of instructions. And we have a society that muddies everything. You can hear people talk and you're thinking, how in the world can you not believe this, or how can you believe this not to be truth or this to be truth? This to be right, this to be wrong. And I know when I was raising, we were raising our girls, and especially the older ones, because they're in a you know, 15 year gap of society, of change of society, and there were absolutes. But this is going to be so important, parents, I'm telling you, teenagers, listen to me. Because you're going to have to be able to debate, is this God's word? Is this the breathed word? Is this the, is this the breath of God? Is this book truth? Is this a two-edged sword? So it's very important. So the last thing on more than words is the power of the word. And I don't know about you, but I like the word power. When I think of power, power is Something that's being accomplished. And I remember when we, in the, I think it was 2010, and we had the big ice storm. And those of you kind of knew around this area. And you hear, and if you're around people and they talk about an ice and all that, that they kind of get a little bit of panic. You know, and you're thinking, what's the big deal? Well, we didn't have electricity for over a week. And I remember going down our street. We live three miles out in the country. And... I remember the poles just being in our street and having to, you know, to drive around them. And, and there's nothing like going over and turning the switch and there's nothing there. Because when I think of power, I think of something happening. Something being accomplished. 
at Christmas time, I was putting up curtains, and my kids were coming home, and you know how we kind of spruce things up. And I remember getting the uh, screwdriver and trying to put in the screws, you know. And then I thought, shoot, I should use a power drill, you know. What a difference power makes. I mean, what a difference. It's like I could just, you know, be pushing it, pushing it, pushing it, and you turn that power drill on, and you, you know, you better make sure you get it going the right direction. You know, which I'm not saying that I've ever done that, you know. But we like the word power because when we hear the word power, things happen. And it's the same way with the word. The word is powerful. It's that two-edged sword that accomplishes things. And, and when, when I would begin to meditate upon this teaching and thinking about power, like I said, if you know me, my family laughs at me because I like to get things done. You know, I like to accomplish things. So therefore, I like the word power. Because power means that something's going to happen beyond what I can do. Because I know what I can do. But I'm ready to see what God can do. Because it's going to be so much more than what I can do. So I want you to think about this. The word is power. But what makes the word power? Once you picture it like this, you're putting two things together. Like this. One of it is the word. The other is the Holy Spirit. Because without the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is what brings revelation to the Word. It's what ignites the Word. It's what gives it power. Because this is not holy. The pages aren't holy. The pages aren't powerful. It's what's inside of it. So if Satan can tell us this book is not relevant to you today, I mean, it's just an old book. It's been around forever. But there's something about when the Holy Spirit comes and breathes life on it. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He's the breath of God. He breathes life on it. He gives it power. So I want to share a story with you. This is going to be pretty simple this morning. But this is something I want to show you how powerful one scripture is. Because we think that, yes, God wants us to get into the word and he wants to read it. We, we, I mean, we need to read it daily. We need it. It's food. It is food for us. But I'm telling you, there's enough power in one scripture to change your life. There's enough power in one scripture to get you healed. There's enough power in one scripture to literally change your whole way of thinking. So, you know, you guys have been here. We have the six girls. When we started, we didn't start, we didn't plan out, we didn't start to have a large family. It just, I think God just slipped us on one at a time, you know. I'm not saying he tricked us, but he just slipped it in on us one at a time. He wanted to keep me humble and, and always make me know I don't know a lot. Um, but when people would say to me, they'd say, oh, man, wait till you start putting those kids in college. You know, wait till you start paying for weddings. 
And I can remember when I would hear those words, it would be like this fear. It's like, oh, man, I know we can't afford college, and I know we can't afford weddings. And then I remember all of a sudden I just stopped, and I said, nope, I'm not thinking there. I'm not even going there because I can't do it anyway. And I would just say, Lord, I'm not going to go there in my mind, in my thoughts. You gave them to us. You're going to provide. So when they got old and they started, Angela was the first one to call, you know. And it's just like each one of them, God has so miraculously provided. They each have their own story. And it's interesting because all six of them have graduated from a different college. And they have their own story of how God provided. Well, our last one, Elizabeth, came along. And um, she was really studious. She was a very good student. I never had to, you know, have you got your homework done? Have you studied? Have you? She would have reports done, you know, before they were actually due, not the night before. When I would go for parent teachers, they would say, this is what they said. They say, now she's different than the rest of your girls. And I would say, well, what do you mean? And she'd say, well, she doesn't talk in class. And and the reason she didn't talk in class was because she didn't want homework. That was a reason. So she set a goal, and her goal was to be valedictorian, but she ended up being salutatorian because she took a she took had a, almost a year of college after she you know time she graduated, and she had to be on a college class. So you know she was really she was fine with that. But so in my mind, whenever we started talking about college, I remember thinking, well, I don't have to worry about her because she's going to get an academic scholarship because she's just, just very studious, very self-disciplined. Well, it came time, and she took her ACT, and she just didn't do as well as her grades. It did not reflect her grades. It didn't reflect what her score wasn't equal to the rest of her classmates that she was competitive with, and she was, she was competitive. If you know her, she's competitive. And it was like, okay, God, we started doing scholarships. She didn't get anything. We started praying about the school she was to go to, the school. We went there, and I was surprised when she said, this is where I, I feel like I'm supposed to go to school at this certain school. I said, well, okay. I sure hadn't even thought about it or entered in my mind this would be a school she'd go to. So we went there, we visited the college, you know how you do, and so um, talked to, you know, talked to people and just beginning to go on the journey of getting her in college. Well, we knew somebody that worked at this college that she was going to go to, felt God told her to go to, and she said, there's a scholarship, and it's a full ride. It's a leadership scholarship, where we thought, well, you know, she was class president and in student council, and, you know, she she's has leadership. And we went through everything, all the paperwork, showed up, spent the whole day, all that kind of stuff. And if you're a parent and you've done any of this, you know what I'm talking about. It's a lot of work, a lot of time. And our friend just said she really felt like she was a great candidate for it and had a really good chance of getting it. Well, she didn't get it. And we were going, oh, man, God, what's, what's, you know, what's going on? We know you sent her to this school. We know this was a school. And so now... I have to go a whole nother journey. Now, how are we going to get her to school? Because we didn't have the money and the tuition. And I say this because 
Tuition and room and board had changed a lot in the 15 years between our oldest and our last one. And if you've ever been faced with what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. It was a lot more expensive. So I went on this journey, and this is the word that I got. This was a scripture. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. It's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, or lean not to your own ways and understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge God or submit to him, and he will make your paths known. And I said, okay, God, I don't know what else to do. I, I got to trust you. I was, I was forced to trust God. Does anybody know what I'm talking about when we're forced to do something? I said, okay, God, I don't know what to do. I don't know what else. So we began to go on a journey. We applied for scholarships. We, we spent hours on the Internet looking at different things. And there was one thing that I know I don't look at it, look like it, but I have Cherokee blood in me. And I'm on the Cherokee roll. And my great-grandmother was half Cherokee and looked. I remember meeting her and just really did look very, very Indian. And so we do have an Indian card, Cherokee Indian. And I do know that there are 14 counties for the Indians. And the school she wanted to go to, well, she felt led to go to, was part of these counties. The only problem is we didn't live in them to get the scholarship. So I went on a journey, and I began to say, Lord, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do, but I trust you. Everything I did, I spent hours on the Internet, guys. I spent, you know, trying to call this and call that. You know how it is. You call this number, and they say, well, I don't know anything about this, but, call the, but, but send you to somebody else. And you get to them, and they don't know any more than the first one you went to. Well, that's what happened. And I literally spent days doing this. And I'd go and I'd say, Lord, I don't know what to do, but I trust you. And you told me if I would trust in you with all of my heart and lean not to my own understanding, and if I would acknowledge you in everything, that you would direct my path. And I had made so many phone calls, i got to be honest, I didn't know what else to do. I could not get the right person. And I knew I had to connect with the right person. So I'm before the Lord, and I'm, I am giving him this verse. I'm taking him back to this verse, and I said, Lord, I don't know what else to do, but I trust in you. I trust in you. I trust in you. I'm not leaning to my own understanding. I'm acknowledging you in all my ways. And you said you'd direct my path. So I said, and I'm going to admit, it wasn't in great faith. I said, I'm going to try one more time, Lord. And I tried one more time. And I got this number. And I got this lady and I told her my story. And I said, we've got a card. I know there's a scholarship. But we don't live in one of these 14 counties. And you had to live in one of these 14 counties. And I said, but she will attend the school for the rest of the, which she just had three more years because she already had a year finished. And this is what she said. She says, 
I can help you. And I'm not kidding. The time she got through with me, and I'm sitting there, and I'm just going, I can't believe this, God. I just can't believe this, God. You know how hard I've tried? Do you know how many phone calls I've made? I'm thinking this in my mind. You know how much work I've done? And this woman literally begins to tell me, okay, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to get you this number, and I'm going to send you this card, and I want you to fill this paper out, and I want you to, and just begin to take me step by step by step. And I said to her, I said, ma'am, I don't know if you're a Christian. I don't know what you believe in, but I'm telling you, God sent you to me. And she started laughing, and she said, yes, I'm a believer. And she said, I shouldn't even be working today. I wasn't even supposed to be on. This was not my day to work. And I said, Lord, only I got off the phone with her, and she says, this is how we're going to get it. Because, I mean, this scholarship is for people who live in the 14 counties, and I don't live in one of those 14 counties. And she says, this is the way we can, I'm going to tell you how we're going to do it and how we can get around this, and it's, and it's, and it's legal. Okay, I'm law-abiding. And out of that one phone call and that one verse, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Because of that, $12,000 is what she got. $4,000 a year, which paid for her tuition. Now, I'm telling you guys, I don't always remember dates, and I don't always remember times, but I do remember moments. And the word of God brought me a moment. I can't tell you the date I made that phone call. I can't tell you the time. But I can tell you the moment that I saw the word and the Holy Spirit connect to somebody that wasn't even supposed to be working that day. But God did it. That's how much power is in the word. And I want to give you three things that the power of the word does. First of all, the word brings power to our thoughts. I don't know about your mind, but my mind needs to be renewed. Needs to be renewed. Because my thoughts aren't always thoughts of victory. My thoughts aren't always taking me on that course. And like I said to you, I just, in desperation, I said, Lord, I'm going to try one more time. But God gave power to my thoughts because he gave me ideas, guys. He gave me, even though it was a lot of work, he has to bring power to our thoughts. He brings creativity to our thoughts. He gives us ideas that we'd never thought about. But only if we think according to the word of God. 
God has called us to succeed, to be successful. And all I knew was God told her to go to this college. And that was it. The second thing God does is the word of God brings power to our words. He brings power to our words. And that's the thing is, is I could open this book up. I could tear a page out. I could give it to you. But without the power of the Holy Spirit, it's just words. But when we take the word and we speak it, when we speak the word, it changes the atmosphere. And all I knew is I would say, Lord, I don't know what to do. But you know, the neat thing is, is I didn't know that the Holy Spirit was taking me on a journey to see a miracle. I didn't know that. I was just being a good mother, trying to get my daughter to college. And all these things that I thought I was going to, I thought, you know, I had it for sure. I wasn't going to have to, I, you know, she's going to be on an academic scholarship. Yeah, I mean, she got, a, she got some academic money because of, the, you know, the, being the top of the class and, you know, salutatorium and so on like that. But I wasn't near enough. But the word of God brings power to our words. And there's power in the spoken word. And I took that scripture and I just didn't mm, think about it. I spoke it. Because I needed to hear the faith that that word produced. I needed to hear, Lord, you said if I would trust in you with all my heart. If I would not lean to what I know and what I understand. If I would submit it to you, that you would be the one to direct my path. You've got to direct my path. I don't know what to do. So God brings power to our thoughts. The word brings power to our thoughts. He brings power to our words. And the last thing is God brings, the word brings power to our actions. All I did was one more time. And I literally remember it so vivid. I just said, Lord, I'm going to try one more time. And it's the, the coolest thing is that the harder I worked, the bigger the miracle was. Because, guys, I couldn't do anything. I was powerless. But God came in and he brought life. He brought life to my actions. Because that's what faith does. Faith causes us to act. There's a lot of things that we can do. But if it's not done by the power of the Holy Spirit, guys, there's no anointing on it. There's no life on it. But God took it in his grace. And that's how powerful the word is. And there's so many you know, walking this walk is not easy. It doesn't make any difference. If you, I mean, if you don't know the Lord, God comes in and does for us what we can't do. Even if you've been serving the Lord for years, he comes in and does for us what we can't do. 
And that's what the word does. And that's the power of the thoughts and the words we speak and the actions. Because let me tell you, if I would have not put action, if I wouldn't have acted upon it, she wouldn't have had $12,000 that was just given to her through this scholarship. But that's how God does. To close your eyes, okay, come up the musicians and the prayer team. Go ahead and come up. I'm going to tell you guys, God loves us so much. And if Satan can keep us out of the, out of the word, that's power. It's a revelation of the word. The word changes our words, the words that we speak. It changes our thoughts, and it brings power to our actions. I want to challenge us. To finish out the rest of this fast in faith. I don't care. If you've not done anything, there's no condemnation. Your fast can be media. Your fast can be sweets. Whatever it is, something that causes us to put down our flesh and to come out of the natural so we can see the supernatural. That's what a fast is. It's laying down something in the natural so we can see the supernatural power of God work in our lives. So just close your eyes right now. Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for the power of your word, for the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, Father, we ask right now, Holy Spirit, Lord, if there's somebody here that doesn't know you, that's never accepted you as Christ right now, Holy Spirit, we believe that you're the one that convicts us, that tells us we need you. We need a Savior. I've done things my own way, and it's, it's, it's been a mess. But Lord, your word says, if I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that you are the Savior, that you died for me, that you rose again, that you will come and fill my heart up. And if you've never prayed that prayer, so every eye is closed, just raise your hand. Father God, I just thank you for the convicting power of your word. Lord, that you cause us to come to the place, Lord, that you've got moments for us. You've got divine moments that you want to reveal yourself to us. But Lord, we thank you that those moments are released by the word of God. And I ask you right now, Father God, Lord, that you will just deal with our hearts. Woo us, Father, that we might come to know you in a greater way. And I just want to encourage you. If you really feel like you've been under attack and you've just had all these distractions during this fast, you've fought sickness, you've just fought different things because the enemy doesn't want us to get our eyes on the Father. Because, you know, when my eyes are on the Father, my eyes are off of me. And sometimes I'm my worst enemy. But if you feel like you've really been under attack and you just had distractions, distractions, just come up. Let somebody pray over you. 
Or if you've got another need, just go ahead and come up. God wants to meet us right where we are. God wants to give us moments. Father, I just speak blessings over these people this week, Father. I just thank you as we continue on this 21-day fast, Father, that you become so real to us, that the Word of God opens up to us like never before. I speak revelation. I speak divine encounters with you, Father God. Lord, I thank you for the moments that you give us that we can never, never undo. That nothing changes you, changes us like your presence, Father. So I just speak a blessing upon these people. Lord, we send them out into the community. We send them out into the workplace, Father. We send them out to the lost and the hurting. Father, cause us to open up our mouths and share the good news. Share the power of the word, the power of the gospel, the power of your love, of your saving grace, Father. Help us to give all that you've given to us so freely, Father. And I just speak this in the name of Jesus got a need, I'm going to dismiss people, but if you've got a need and you need to be prayed for, go ahead and come down. God is here to meet you. God is here to meet me. In the name of Jesus. You are dismissed. I want you to go be a blessing and I want you to tell somebody about Jesus this week. Of his love and of his grace and of his mercy. Missed in Jesus' name.